0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What. Today I've got Helen Murphy on and she's the co founder at Oply. Hi, Helen.
1: Hi, Daniel. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
1: All good, thank you. Always busy in the tech world.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, Helen, do you want to jump straight in and tell everyone a bit about what you do?
1: Of course. So currently, I, as you said, I'm the co founder of a company called Oply. Um, my day to day job is the CEO of the company. And what Uply does is we automate supply chains for raw ingredients. So that's anything from if you need, say, red pepper paste. To uh, we get some really obscure ones, um, like very pasteurised soy milk. And um, so we source those raw ingredients for um, food and drinks brands worldwide.
0: This is really cool. I'm I'm a little bit geeky. I kind of like ops <laughs> and ops businesses and stuff like that, and I find this nice. really interesting. Um, so, have you seen a huge surge in demand for these kind of things? You know, with with the rise of e-commerce and people starting their own brands, and you know, maybe in their kitchens they started making jams or something, and <laughs> it's grown into a business. Have you seen this kind of demand for what you're doing grow?
1: Yeah, massively. So there's a million new businesses created in this space every single year. Um, And so that growth rate is just crazy. And it only accelerated during COVID because people had time to sit at home and actually create these businesses which often start as side hustles but then actually get established into bigger and bigger businesses. Um, And then obviously I've been in e-commerce pretty much my entire career and you just see obviously it becoming part of everyone's daily life. Um, And so when I remember like Six, seven years ago, where e commerce may have been at max 5% of our sales, and now it sits at, at 20, 30% of sales. Wow. So these are just becoming really big markets.
0: I think a really good example of this is not necessarily it's not for human consumption, but it's um, Pets Purist, um, a little company that started um, up north um, and they basically create uh, dog treats, really. But it's all natural. So I'd imagine they had a a real headache trying to find ingredients and suppliers. Um, and I think a, a business like yours would, would make that whole process a lot easier. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we actually work with some pets brands as well, um, because there's a general trend in pet care to move towards more natural ingredients Mm. uh, for your animals and almost treat them as though you would treat yourself.
0: Again, I think this is really cool, but how did you end up in this?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think always always an interesting one to think back because I don't think you ever really think about it while you're doing it mm. and um, so I've had probably the most random career you could think of um, so started off as a mechanical engineer um working on everything from mascara ones to jet engines and um, decided that was
0: that is <laughs> unbelievably cool but also my co-host who can't be here today is a mechanical engineer and he will be gutted he's missed this one
1: <laughs> sorry and my co-founder is actually also a mechanical engineer so how cool <laughs> we can definitely chat about that and <laughs> i'm i'm sure they may be able to say it as well about how it's It's a very interesting world, but it can be quite detail orientated, quite small scale. So you could be working on something like like a jet plane, but you're working on like the angle of a bolt of a wing of a plane. Um, And I'm quite a big picture person a lot of the time. And so um, after that, I kind of I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, So I ran away to Vancouver to be a baker and how cool we didn't realize at the time but it's actually become our hiring strategy to bribe people with cakes (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah so i'm always attached to some level of baked good um maybe that's why we started that's probably plays into why we actually started a food and drinks and service as well yeah um and then i think I, I've always like chased culture, I guess, in companies. And that's one thing that we did from day one at Oply. Like, our team is our everything. And I think I've seen that through many, many great companies. So, started my career at p um, where we where I was working in the sales team and predominantly across quite a few accounts, but then started to get more and more into e-commerce. Um, and even though I think you hear it a lot in the news and in different forums about obviously the rise of startups and how everyone should work for startups and like no one should work for corporates. Um, and I'm probably actually quite a bit big advocate for both because I, th- I had some of my best years at P&G and like you are surrounded by people who can just teach you so, so much and you are the the learning and the growth that you get there and the people that you are surrounded by you're supported no matter what and I think at the start of a career that was an amazing thing to have um and I can go into the rest of management consulting fintech etc and what got me here but yeah grounding has always been in consumer goods and e-commerce
0: wow I mean I, I know what you're saying about big corporates. I've, I've done the same, you know, I've worked in big corporates and they are a good place to get a, I would say, a really good understanding of how a business should run. You mm. know, workflows are important, processes are important. You, you know, it, to make a big company work, it has to, all the cogs have to go in the same, same direction. But I struggled personally to be sort of confined in that mm. environment where, you know, you had to follow certain rules, certain procedures, and it's interesting to hear you say, you know, being big picture. Did you ever kind of struggle with that, having to follow certain rules and and do certain things a certain way?
1: Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm quite a big risk taker. So um, in life, I think I, mm-hmm. I just love that side of it where you don't always know what's going to happen. And so I think I was I probably got a different spin of the coin because I was incredibly lucky with the managers I had where. Um, I was allowed to spread my wings almost in new divisions and um, new concepts and very creative things within a corporate, which I know not a lot of people get. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing for me was the slowness of it all. Um, I think if you're quite innovative and you you're quite fast thinking as well, I don't know anyone who wouldn't get frustrated at the the slow speed of like decision making of innovation and things like that. So. I think 100%. different aspects,
0: but yeah, hundred percent. And it's you know, like you say, getting sign off for things, and mm. oh, you know, we're not really sure. about like, that needs to go to PR to be checked, or that yeah. needs. To, and you're like, oh, okay, online. well, by the, yeah. Always by the time you online. do that, that's it. Is it's done anyway? Yeah, exactly. So you you moved on from from what you were doing there to how did you decide to start Hopley? Like, what was that that process? Yeah.
1: So I think a big aspect is so I actually start I've always kind of had side hustles where and my side hustles were always actually in consumer goods so whether it was like creating a new subscription box or a sparkly dog collar company or whatever that was doing very Mm. random things and every time when I did that it was always supply chain which is the hardest part of my day and I don't think We actually did this when we first started. We interviewed hundreds of founders and we were just like very open. Like, what's the toughest part of your day? Like, what what would you most like help with? And I don't think I've ever been ranted at more in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I knew it was a very personal issue for me. And I'd seen it in both small company, my own companies, big companies as well. And then when you actually speak to your customers directly and they're just, like banging their head against a wall, you kind of know you have a problem then.
0: Yeah, I mean, what? so kind of break down the problems for me. You know, I haven't ever started a product or e-commerce business in in that sense. So what were the difficulties that these SMEs and founders were facing?
1: Yeah, so there tends to be three main problems. The first is sourcing. So when you first start a product and let's let's go down the route of um, I was going to go down the sparkly dog colour route because I know that very explicitly. (laughs) Um, But say you're starting a non-alcoholic beer
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and very trendy right now and hopefully will remain as one as well. Um, But say you're starting that company and that product has like 15 ingredients in there. Um, And so you could have everything um that would always obviously be a composite of that how many people can you imagine would be an expert in sourcing those particular set of ingredients worldwide
0: mm, yeah i mean not not a lot i guess
1: really not many and so a lot of people specialize in supply chain in quite specific ingredients so they may specialize in oils and in flowers um maybe in botanicals whatever that is um so then when you combine all of these together there's very very few people that are true experts um and then try and get them to come and work for your freshly started startup in this space mm. you've got no chance um so these companies generally have like amazing like marketer strategists ops people at their helm um, but then when it comes to supply, like it's really hard to get that talent, particularly in, like sourcing and managing suppliers.
0: Okay, so then that's where Oply comes in, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so we do it from start to end where um, we've built now the world's biggest database in our space and the world's biggest network now um, of raw ingredient suppliers. So we know we basically have that combined knowledge within our within our tech space. And so we can match people and businesses exactly to the ingredients that they need and to very specific specifications. Um, And then they can manage all of this through the platform. They can then finance those products through the platform. So we effectively become their supply team for them. Wow, this is
0: brilliant. I can't believe no one's done this before. It's a really, really good idea.
1: I think it's always like, it's such a kind of complicated, fragmented, kind of old school industry Mm. uh, it's almost like you have to chip away at it like a bit at a time Um, and this is always the case in marketplaces where if you think of the biggest marketplaces like Amazon and Etsy and ones like that, they're all like business to consumer Mm -hmm. and they've all been established over the last 20, 30 years um, and now there's this evolution into business to business. Um, but obviously, that has only really happened relatively recently the tech angle of that. Um, so it feels like if you look out there, the amount I'm in a founder group of all B2B marketplace founders. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that there's a new one being added every day because it's just this emerging industry as well.
0: That's brilliant. I think it's very cool. Um, let's go back a little bit. Um, did you go to university?
1: I did go to university.
0: okay. What um, did you study?
1: I studied engineering.
0: Oh, okay, of course yes because you're my <laughs> engineer, you would need that degree. <laughs> um do you we always ask if you go to university because it's interesting to get the point of view is do you did you value your time at university?
1: Yeah. So I think I definitely did. And I actually do get asked that question a lot, and sometimes in a different context mm-hmm. so within our world right now it's um you'll see a lot of the headlines about like the diversity measures mm-hmm. i guess in our world um and so i went to i grew up in like inner city manchester went to very average state school, and so for me, in my family, like university was like the pinnacle like if if we got into university it was like our whole family through like this huge party and it was mm. they felt like you'd maybe achieve something that they'd you know really supported you to do so um so I think that's when university for me like probably actually meant a lot more um because it it was kind of I was hoping I was making my family proud by doing that I got a bit emotional then I don't know why that's um right. and um, so I think my actual experience there, obviously I do things now like very loosely related to my degree. Sure. Um, but I think the biggest one was I I actually don't think at 18 I was ready to adult yet. Mm. Um where it gave me the space to like become an adult and like to understand who I was um without the pressure. Even though there was a lot of pressure, obviously, but um without the pressure of a lot of the other aspects that you get um after uni. So yeah, I think for me it was it was very it was a very good experience, but I think it's so like person by person and what's important to them and um what they've achieved already and um how they want to factor their life as well.
0: You know, it's a it's a really good point, not one we sort of talked about actually a lot on the podcast. Um, so it's more of an experience thing you value opposed yeah. to the actual degree.
1: I think so. And then there's a really random one, which is, so when I've worked in North America, there is still such a dependence on degrees. Really? Um, yeah, so I think in the UK, we're moving, we're a bit more forward thinking here where, for example, my, one of my best friends works for Multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing when we talk about it, like getting, it's kind of a semi- University experience where you're an apprentice and in kind of tech fields or other fields like that. Um, So it feels like we're very forward thinking as a country, but I actually don't think that's the case in a lot of other countries. So in a weird way, it future proofed me when I went internationally with my career as well.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. But as a as a founder now, and somebody that's probably hired or or hiring people. Do you look at somebody and go, well, they went to university and put them above someone that didn't go to university?
1: We definitely don't know. So we actually have a few in our team who didn't. Um, and this is super important for me because I think everyone gets given different opportunities and you, we hire people based on the skills that they exhibit in front of us. And I don't, as I say, my university experience was that it was an experience, but hands down the, from a work skills point of view, my working life, and my career life has brought so much more than that. So I think, yeah, we always base it on skill based and what we see in front of us, um, which and we blind CV as well. Um, so we get someone who screens the CV. So I actually don't know when they come for to you if they've had a if they've been to university or not
0: okay that's that's interesting and that that's called blind cvs right
1: yeah so you kind of you blank out the cv so you can't have things that would technically bias you
0: oh that's really interesting um so you know being someone that's in the position of and hiring people what is something that usually stands out to you where you go actually you know i'd really love this person to come and work at my company
1: yeah um we talk about this one a lot because we always talk there's probably a few things and I think this obviously varies a lot by different companies um but I think there's some really key characteristics one is like proactivity and like if someone just like oh we call it a bit of like a dog with a bone characteristic they mm-hmm. so, like they they always want to do the best of their ability they're pretty relentless at getting things done um, rather than, I guess, giving up at the first hurdle. Um, I think that's a really important one. And often that tenacity actually comes from varied backgrounds um, by getting that. Um, and then another one is, like, we always want people who have each other's backs. Like We actually asked this of um, some of our customers, like, how they would describe our team. And the number one characteristic that came back was kind. Um mm. And so we always say it's like you should challenge and inspire and push, but do it in a very kind way. Um, because that's what people remember about you.
0: It sounds like there's quite a big opportunity within this world then, the the B2B businesses and specifically I want to talk about the supply chain world. It sounds like if there's somebody listening to this thinking actually, this is quite interesting, there's a lot of yeah. opportunity about to come up in this space. Is that is that a fair sort of assumption?
1: Oh, massive. Huge investment into it as well. So if they're thinking of that space.
0: Okay, interesting. And is there anything maybe they should look at to, to specialise in to go into supply chain?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think if you break supply chain down, um, it generally breaks into a few aspects. So um, there's core, core procurement, which is like the buying and selling of goods. And mm-hmm. um, then there's things like contract negotiations. So that's like agreeing these negotiations with different suppliers and partners and that includes partnerships um and then there's the food science side of it which is looking into or just general like material science or raw raw material science and like we've got an amazing food scientist on our team who just can tell you everything about seaweed you could ever need to know <laughs> um, and 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 then the final side is logistics. So we obviously hear this a lot in the news, but that moving um, of goods worldwide is something which disrupts our global economy. Um, And so I think if you specialize in any of these, it's quite, it's a very sought after skill, I would say. Like there's a massive labor shortage in supply chain um, because it just doesn't seem to be what people want to go into now even though it's like kind of the backbone of a lot of things.
0: Yeah, I have to admit, even at school and, and, and outside, I have I think I know one person that worked in sort of mm-hmm. food science. Um not no. even you know specifying in, in the logistics side or anything like that. But it, it just doesn't get talked about, I don't think.
1: No, agreed. And it's like even when you say it to someone asks you what you do, I'm normally just like, um, oh, we buy onions. Um <laughs> because so this and it's so actually technically like as i say complicated in the background and um, that you the skills that you get from this industry is insane actually and when because there's so much tech being applied to it right now the tech that is being used in supply chain is genuinely world class and um, like we get approached all the time by companies in other industries that are trying to like figure out how we do our matching technology, like how we match with different suppliers. Um, I'm sure the dating industry would love to know this. Um, <laughs> and so it's so applicable to so many different industries. It's such a good place to start.
0: No, it's really, really great point. But for you, what's been the biggest positive um, of starting this company and going on this journey?
1: Yeah. Um, I'll probably give, I don't know whether this is quite a cheesy answer, but... And um, it's genuinely when you like, dream about starting a company and growing it, you always, I think, think about who your team will be or what it will become. And I think now seeing that team on the ground and like I'm sat next to them and they're working and they'll get a really big achievement or something will happen. And it's just like it almost feels like you've created this new family and you've brought all these people together. Um and so I think sometimes I sit back and it's like a proud parent, yeah. um, and I think that's that's probably every single day I get a feeling like that when something happens.
0: That's very cool. And then on the flip side, of that what's been the biggest challenge you face so far?
1: Yeah. Oh, where do I start on this? <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously you speak to other people in startups. So it's I think that's actually the best thing about startups is if you love a challenge and yeah, that kind of characteristic of you just want to solve, like no Mm -hmm. matter what, you just want to solve. Because I would say I probably have like five different challenges every day. (laughs) Um, But I'd say the biggest one has probably been understanding when to build and when to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you'll see this, I've seen the current market with, we're heading towards a potential recession Um, And so there's different money on the ground, different labor, um, different expenses for everyone. And it's a time like this where so many companies are peeling back on the money they're investing um, and they're like lowering their expensive and and things like that. And it's almost like knowing then do we keep building or do we just go for growth? Um, And you're constantly trying to balance that in a startup.
0: Yeah, no, uh, and it must be incredibly hard to sort of forecast going into potentially a recession as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously we 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 can kind of see it, right, because we see, like, global trends happening across, like, supply chain and logistics and what's going on, but there's so many people that are going to be affected by this um, that, yeah, it just feels like if... if help at all where we can we get better ingredients faster to people so the cost of groceries goes down um or whatever that is it just feels like we just this industry as a whole just needs to help even going into this next phase of the economy as well
0: sure so what does the next couple of years look like for opley
1: yeah um so next couple of years is we are we're currently expanding it into Europe and the US. And so we'll be building out our infrastructure and our team behind that. Um, and that is so it's really focusing on getting really strong relationships with our customers that they trust us implicitly to run their entire supply chain um, and building the technology behind that. So it fully automates their day to day. So we can get to the point where. We have customers who absolutely love us, and they have a fully automated supply chain. That will be the day I wake up happy.
0: Yeah, very cool, girl. And would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now?
1: Yes. So I think I think the consumer goods industry will always be kind of where my heart is, because um, I love do you know just like seeing something physical and mm. um, it feels that you can conceive it and be there and um, and I think yeah I think I would because it's it's genuinely been I don't think I've ever learned more than I have in my entire life um by doing this and I've been at places longer I've done different things but the learning curve on this and I actually got told this by a mentor a while ago where she was like you will never learn as much as you can here um mm. and the yeah the tenacity you build
0: is beyond well helen it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you this afternoon thank you so much for your time and um, where can people find you and your company
1: yeah so um if anyone wants to reach out to me just reach out to me on linkedin um so helen murphy at oply and then our website is oply.com o-p-p-l-y thank you helen thank you daniel